Impact leadership. What does it mean to wake up each day knowing your work, effort, and passion is being transformed into creating change that makes a difference in your business, organization, community, and your own life experience? And it can be hard to stay on track when at times the winds do not blow in your direction. But you persevere one step forward at a time, creating something better. This is fulfillment in action. And this is passion for impact. Educating, empowering, and elevating social consciousness in people, business, and teams. One inspiring conversation at a time. Passion for Impact is brought to you by Rock Your Leadership. We train leaders on how to grow success, drive change, and not burn out. Visit passionigniter.ca for more details. This is the Passion for Impact podcast with speaker, trainer, and socially conscious advocate, Trisha Miltimore. This is going to be a great conversation. Here with us today is Jill Earthy. She's the CEO of NBC a newly formed provincial crown corporation with a $500 million strategic investment fund. With a triple bottom line mandate, NBC is committed to investing with an inclusive lens focused on realizing environmental, social, and financial returns. Love that. Jill was previously the CEO of WeBC, formerly Women's Enterprise Center, a nonprofit organization supporting women entrepreneurs with loans, education, mentorship. I've been involved with that. It's fantastic. And advisory services across BC. Jill has served in senior leadership roles at Female Funders, Front Funder, Futurepreneur, and The Forum, all with a focus on supporting entrepreneurs, including empowering more diverse investors. She currently serves on the national boards of Sustainable Development Technology Canada and The Forum. She's very busy. Jill is an active mentor and community contributor. She has been well-recognized for her accomplishments, including by Business in Vancouver as an influential woman in business and by WXN as one of the top 100 most powerful women in Canada in 2019. Jill, you are busy. You are here. I am so grateful. Thanks for joining in on Passion for Impact. Trisha, it's so amazing to be here. Thank you for having me. I have been, I mean, we've known each other for quite a few years now, kind of just passing in different events and whatnot, but I've been certainly following what you do online. And you know what I love about the work that you do is it consistently, it feels at least, um, that you are very purpose driven. And so I would love, and I think this is going to be so powerful, uh, no pressure at all, because this is really <laughs> all about your story, which is always the most insightful, impactful things. I would love to know how this all started for you. Like, how did you get into the a leadership role? Or maybe we can go back to your first leadership role. And how did you choose or decide? Or what was that moment like, was like, I can have purpose and make big impact through leadership? Yeah, such a that's a meaty, meaty question. And it's mm-hmm. always interesting to reflect back, right, on, on the on the journey. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I think it, for me it's been all about having champions and people around me who've seen things that I haven't necessarily seen in the moment. Mm. And I think that that started fortunately early on. I was a, a, a camp counselor in my teenage years and ended up being one of the youngest camp counselors or you're, you know, you're empowered to take care of somebody else's kids. And of course, in those days, we didn't have the technology that we have now. So there was a tremendous amount of, of, uh, you know, you know, responsibility given to me early on. And so I think because of that, I kind of, you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. Somebody thinks I can do it. 
I guess I can do it. <laughs> so, um, so I've always tried to, I've always been given opportunities like that throughout my career. And I've also, I think just as even more importantly, tried to give others those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your question around when did I realize that it could kind of do, you know, use some of my, I guess, I never considered myself a leader. I think that was the other thing is that, you know, kind of just, you just do what's right in the moment <laughs> and uh, for the people around you. And and that just naturally, I think, I, I don't know, it seemed, it seemed to work for me, but I think one of the pivotal moments for me, I, I did do my MBA with a focus on entrepreneurship and coming out of that uh, was recruited into the banking industry. And I quickly realized that I did not want to work. No offense. I think there's a lot of great opportunities there, but I knew for me, the type of influence and impact that I wanted to have and the changes I wanted to make, I wasn't going to be able to see for some time if I went down a traditional corporate pathway. Hmm. And so again, took a chance and, and went and worked with, with an entrepreneurial couple who, you know, took me under the wing and really there really became champions for me. And I think from there, you know, I just taking that risk really made me realize that you, you can take risks, you can find what you need and recognizing not everybody can always take risks in the, in the moment. There's lots of factors to consider, but I think if you, I guess more, if you are open to new opportunities, you know, they, it's, they surprisingly do appear, right. And if you are talking to people around you and you're sort of manifesting what you think is important to you, you know, things, things can happen. And I've been so fortunate throughout my career where I have very, I think I've only actually applied for one job in my whole career, but things just happen. Like, and these opportunities arise, but I'm open to them. Right. So, so then Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm able to consider them and go, okay, yeah. But, but one other funny sort of thing is I realized when I did my MBA, of course I took finance courses and I took accounting and I was like, well, I wasn't super interested because I was taught it was all focused on financial returns. It was all focused on profit and how much money you can make. And that didn't resonate with me and my values at all. So I kind of discounted that. And so it's interesting now, full circle, when I look at my roles and the different pieces that I've picked up along the way, the different sort of tools in my toolkit, and now, you know, leading this $500 million you know, in, impact investment fund and recognizing finally, you know, unfortunately, 20 years later, that you can, you know, proceed with purpose, have a positive social and environmental impact, which is more important than ever these days, and realize financial returns that are for broader purpose. I think mm-hmm. that's so powerful. So oh, wow. I, yeah, so that, I mean, that's sort of a, a snapshot, but it, it's just, it's been an amazing journey, right? Just picking up different, different tools and opportunities along the way. And now I, yeah, I feel so honored to now be, you know, in a position where I really feel like can affect some positive change and, and influence like real systemic change. Wow. That is powerful. That is amazing. That must feel really good. Really good. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> exciting. It feels good. <laughs> it feels good, but also scary. But that's a good thing too, right? I, when, you're, when it feels exciting and scary at the same time, you're probably on the right path. Yeah. So in my coaching practice, a lot of times I'm working with um, men or women who are in pivotal kind of points in their careers where they are open to opportunities and they are paralyzed with making the right decision. So mm-hmm. as I'm sure many opportunities came your way, like you, you were saying, how did you know when what the right decision was? Because sometimes something can check all the boxes and be really exciting and just maybe not feel right in your gut. Or how did you manage that process? 
For sure. I, you know, I was fortunate. I was given some good advice early on during one of my fr- first transitions. I was leaving what in essence was my dream job after five years at, at the forum. And that was a really hard decision for me. And so there was sort of the, the deciding to make a change is one part of the decision, right? And then, as mm-hmm. you said, like identifying what is the next best opportunity. And so some advice that was given to me was to, you know, it's a simple Excel spreadsheet. Many probably have done this, but in the left-hand column, just sit down in a quiet place with your favorite beverage and just brainstorm all the things that are super important to you. So that could be either leadership opportunities. It should be your minimum salary requirements, the type of work environment you want, the types of challenges. Do you want travel? Do you want, you know, what types of things just are, are really important? It can be a list of, it could be five or 25 things. And then prioritize those. What are the non-negotiable? Do you want work-life balance? Do you want the flexibility to work from home? Like what are those things that are just non-negotiable and try to get it down to three to five? And then across Mm -hmm. the top of it is really because nowadays too, it's not apples to apples, right? Every opportunity is so different, whether you're choosing to do consulting or to take a job at a big firm or a small company or go to a startup, right? Or, or, or be a creative, you know, all these different things. But Along the top, it's so interesting when you look at the criteria that you've set and you see where it lines up and where the intersections are. And it's not always what you think it's going to be, because I think in our heads, right, and it's so nice to feel wanted and get pulled into a certain direction. But sometimes Mm -hmm. that clouds our judgment around, as you said, like what's really important and rooted in our values and our passions and our gut. Um, and so having that sort of simple framework was always really helpful for me because the role or the opportunity that I thought I was leaning towards when I looked at that and went, wow, that only hits actually three of my five non-negotiables. But this other one that I hadn't really fully explored actually hits four or five. So mm-hmm. I need to dig into that more because it's just a, a reframing. And I, I've always found that helpful. And then the other thing I've always found helpful too, is asking the people around you. (laughs) And the key indicator is always when somebody says, when I start talking about an opportunity and they're like, wow, this, you just lit up talking about this. Mm. Like this is something, there's some fire within you that is coming through and you need to think about this more. And, you know, just how our, our bodies and how we react to things, you know, tells a lot and we don't always see that. For ourselves. So I think having others around us and just talking about these opportunities and, and have others reflect back to us, you know, how, how we're responding and reacting to different things. Mm, isn't that true? We definitely have a brain in our gut yes. in some ways. Yes. <laughs> you can definitely feel it there first. Absolutely. Uh, some good insights there, some good tips. So have you ever, uh, if you don't mind me asking, have you ever been in a situation where you said yes to something because you you thought in the moment that was a good move and then realized quickly down that path that no, this wasn't in alignment? And, and how did you manage? Because there's a lot of feelings around that. How did you manage that process? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's happened a couple of times. <laughs> um, and I think when I reflect back to it's happened when I haven't taken the time up front to really consider the broader kind of impacts of the role mm-hmm. or, or opportunity. Um, yeah, so I, I think it, and it, it, I think you can also apply that too, right, to being in a job and then having that, I kind of describe it as, and then others do too, but that sort of Sunday night feeling, right, that, that dread like something starts to creep into your body mid afternoon on Sunday as you prepare for the week. And it starts, it builds over time too. And you have to listen to that. If something is not feeling great about what you have to, where you're going to spend your time 
you know, however your work week is structured, but then you have to listen to that. And sometimes it takes months and sometimes it takes years, but you really like honing in on that. And I feel like that's almost a muscle I've practiced over time, but for better, mm-hmm. or for worse. But I think that's, that's, that's really important, right? Just listening to that and, and just unpacking it and just saying, why am I feeling this way? What is it? Am I not organized for the week or why am, am I not enjoying this work anymore? Is it the work environment? Is it my schedule? And just, yeah, rethinking that. And, and it's being okay. I think that's the other thing I try to teach my kids this, that it's okay to make a change. Like people are counting on you for things, but it's better to have upfront conversations and communicate. Like, I'm not sure this is working anymore. Can we figure out a transition plan? You know, I've been really fortunate. I've done a lot of transitions, but they've all been really positive because we've had upfront conversations. We've made a plan and uh, we've communicated clearly. And that makes all the difference. There's something also about, I remember back in the day, I had a great government job. And so for most people, it's like, wow, this is fantastic. You know, you you got this government job. Of course, it felt like prison to me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, but I remember going to the bathroom one day and spending a lot of extra time sitting on the toilet. And then so for, in my world now, it's the pee test. Now, obviously working from home, it's a little bit different, but um, it's like, if you're just sitting too long in certain places and you're just stalling because it's not really, it's, it's draining you versus driving you. And then I think that's an important awareness to have and to make some change from that. So totally, totally. Good tips. So if you don't mind us going down this path a little bit, it's uh, so inspiring to see a woman taking on, you know, know, large leadership roles and making impact. And who's also, you're also a parent and a partner and you, you have, you know, lots of other, like we all do so many variables in your life. So as the kids were younger, and obviously I have the four kids, so I'm always curious about this. And I know a lot of people listening are curious, how did you manage all these transitions and choices and, and whatnot amongst, you know, parenting and all those other roles? I think there's probably two key things to that. And I think it is an important conversation to have, but I look at one, I've always been so, I've loved my work. I've always been so fortunate to do work that I was deeply passionate about. So one Mm -hmm. that makes it much easier when you are, because time is, is valuable and you're choosing, if you're choosing, or if you have to work, um, you want it to be meaningful and aligned with your, your values because it's time away from your family. And I think the other part is I've been fortunate that my partner has been so, so (laughs) he's done a lot of the, the home stuff. And, you know, I've always had jobs too, where I had, was in flexible roles. So it was okay. And I tried certainly as a leader to say, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving a bit early today because I'm going to pick up my kids. And because I want to mirror that for, for others, but you know, I, I think it is looking at the partnership and depending on your situation and your resources, but I, yeah, my husband would be home early and manage a lot of the at-home stuff and, and including cooking, which was, took time. It was not all perfect and it did not happen right away, but over time. (laughs) And, you know, that was really amazing because it allowed me the flexibility. I always did the morning stuff and then he did the afternoon stuff. And then I would always make sure that I was at all the critical, you know, the important things and had lots of quality time with my kids. But it did allow me a bit more flexibility. And I was always grateful for that, both with the, you know, the people I worked with and the home side. Was it messy? Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely messy, right? But it and, and things change all the time and you have to rethink things. But it, it's just, you know, yeah, understanding. And that's the hardest part sometimes is understanding and recognizing what you need, what kind of support you need and where, yeah, where, where the gaps are. And mm-hmm. 
and and having a great neighborhood and community is also really important because <laughs> I relied on a lot, you know, and tried to pay it forward too, but relied a lot on our neighbors as well for sharing childcare or dropping kids off or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It definitely takes uh-huh. community, doesn't it? Yes. You know, you touched on an important point there that I think a lot of people um, kind of gloss over in their lives just because life is busy, but being aware of what you need and that mm-hmm. changes as mm-hmm. your family grows. And I know I've caught myself a couple times where I still think in the framework of like the toddler days when, okay, things are actually changing. And it can mean a couple things. One, I just need to adapt and adapt my lifestyle and rethink my goals or reflect, but it's so easy amongst the chaos to kind of forget that. So, you know, look for what you need and ask for what you need. Or I think it's really important two points. Well, and people want to help if they know how, right? So Mm -hmm. that's, that's the other thing that it's a, that is a learned a learned skill because I think also as women and I'm not, I don't mean to fully generalize because it's men too, but you know, we, we want, we believe we can do it all and we want to do it all and we don't want to be a burden or a pain to others. And that sometimes that can hold us back. And I think it's about reframing it, right. And, and recognizing that people want to help. Like, I know I, I really appreciate when someone says, Hey, can you help me with X? And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally can. But, <laughs> but, able to, but just because it was clearly, articulated right versus you know we always say hey yeah, let me know if I can help with anything but you know you, you need you need a bit more context and then we can mm-hmm. we can do more to support each other yeah it's a beautiful thing as a, a leader in a triple bottom line organization what kind of things do you put in place um, to make sure that you know the people that work for you feel that kind of support and flexibility yeah no absolutely I mean I think it is just that you know, we have a pretty a hybrid work model. We're a new team building a big, big organization. So we love, you know, I think there's also just, there's value in being together and spending mm-hmm. time in person, but there's also huge value. Like I think I mentioned, like I'm working remotely today and I try to model that for the rest of the team too, right? Just let me know what you need. If you want to work remotely this week, or you need to leave early for X, or you need to pick up your kids, or you just need to sign off early to get whatever done, then, then just communicate it. Like we're in this new era, which is phenomenal where we can utilize technology and we can be wherever. Um, but it is finding that balance between, Mm -hmm. you know, that quality in person time and, and that ability to, to work from anywhere. So I, I think it is just being that high level of communication and respecting the needs of your colleagues and coworkers and making sure the work's getting done, right? It's more about outcomes than, than, you know, than FaceTime. <laughs> so yeah. Or counting the minutes kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and I look at our team now and because we're such a passion, you know, purpose driven organization, everyone is there for the same reasons, right? We want to build something that's going to have positive systemic change for a broad audience. And so you know, we're aligned on that. And so it's very, it is empowering. And I think people enjoy coming to work every day because of that. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's harder because not all jobs are like that. So I feel, you know, we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Now there's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, triple bottom line, impact, uh, sustainable, and all these things that are kind of, they're, they're beautiful, but they come with, a, maybe they don't for you, but, you know, it may seem like it, in my mind, it would come with a bit of pressure, especially when it's a new organization, it's being built. How do you handle that kind of sense of building something big? And, um, you know, the impact side of things is like it, it drives, but it also over time, if we're not careful, can sometimes drain us too a little bit. How do you manage that? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, it's a it's a meaty topic. I think when we look at, you know, the biggest challenges in our world right now, right? Climate action, um, you know, sorry, climate change is like we have to address that. We look at, you know, the diversity of our population and how we have underestimated a lot of groups in the past and the opportunities that it presents by all recognizing the strengths that everybody brings to the table and, and creating environments where where people can thrive. There's a huge opportunity and, and benefit there. And it and then the financial aspect. So it, it is complicated. I think the positive thing is there's been some advancement over the last couple of years. There is more mainstream recognition of not just the importance of this, but the benefits, right? Mm. Uh, so so when we're looking at making investments, so we, we look at it. So I, first of all, I look at it from the organizational level. So we have an incredibly diverse team. We create very inclusive environments. And, you know, it's also just so interesting to me because you mentioned being a, a woman leader. Well, our chief investment officer is also a woman. And we have just by organically um, hired this diverse team. And as virtue nature of that, we've also are attracting a ton of incredible people from different backgrounds. And it just shows you that that it, it, it can happen, right? It doesn't have to be hard. And then, so we look at just the values embedding them as from an organization standpoint. And then when we look at the types of investments we're going to make, both in venture capital funds that are supporting early stage companies, as well as directly into companies that are have a strong connection to British Columbia, you know, we are looking at, are they, you know, our four impact objectives, and we've defined these as as driving climate action, elevating inclusive communities, advancing reconciliation, and innovating for the future. And then we have more definitions under that. And not all of the opportunities we look at are going to hit all four of those, but they need to hit at least one and, and demonstrate how they're driving that forward. And that's also in the innovation or technology or product that they're developing but also in how they're building their team and culture and, mm-hmm. and operating their business. So, you know, it's, there's, it is multifaceted and we have, you know, we're developing some tools that are going to help us you know, track all of that because it's, it's the filter points. And then there's how do we over time really demonstrate and track that change and impact. Um, but we're not alone in doing this work. And so, and it's a very collaborative community so we're excited, um, you know, through some of our partnerships and working with others across Canada, as well as across the world. Actually, there's a lot of global initiatives. You know, I, I feel optimistic <laughs> that all of us working together are going to make this change. I love it. It's so juicy. I just cannot <laughs> wait to see what comes out of, you know, in, in five years ahead and being able to see uh, the stories that come out of all the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I should mention that if people want to uh, check out this website for NBC, it's NBCinvestment.ca. Got that right, right? Yes, great. Okay. With more updates coming soon and changes to the website. Okay. So keep checking back, folks. Mm -hmm. Keep checking Mm -hmm. back. Um, Okay. You had mentioned, I I always ask, what are five words that describe you? And you said collaborator, which you just talked about. Collaboration, a champion. You, You definitely are. I mean, I just, it's so nice to be able to see someone like um in your position and you know you probably don't like hearing that but just how you are you constantly do champion people online i love it and it feels good and i I like to do the same i just feel like it's um makes the world a better place in our own little way (laughs) a catalyzer parent and friend what is what do you mean by catalyzer am i saying it right 
Catalyst. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and and you know, it is so hard when you have to describe words of yourself. Like, I, I don't love talking about myself. I like talking about other people much, much more, <laughs> or or my work. But um, I mean, I think that's in somebody. That's a word that's been that other people have used to describe me many times. So yeah. I think it's about pushing and for change. And, you know, I look back and, you know, Trisha, you and I, as you said, we've known each other for a long time. Like even that, you know, my first, one of my early businesses just around bringing moms to professional moms together. And because we needed space where we could be moms and professionals in the same place, right. And, and bring our kids and talk about business. And, you know, that hadn't really existed before. It's such a simple thing. I mean, now it's so amazing. There's so many opportunities for that. But also, um, you know, I was involved in an initiative called We For She, because you, you were at that as well, where it's just about raising awareness around the economic and social opportunities for, for having more, well, inclusive workforces and having more women, advancing women in leadership and the importance of that. So I think when I look back, I've, I've initiated a lot of things and tried to push the envelope all not on my own to be very clear, but, but, um, along with amazing, amazing people. And so I think as a result of that, you know, I, yeah, I sort of like to catalyze things and move things forward and, and push for, for different outcomes, I guess, and, and, and change. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is hard, right? It's, 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 it's more, it's, it can be more work and it's hard. And, and I'm also say that from a place of privilege versus some, from other people. So I just, yeah, I mean, it, but I, if I can, you know, look at things in different ways in order to improve things, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so Catalyzer, and I think a big part of that is innovation. I, I feel yes. like you're just a natural innovator. You see there is need, you look kind of into the future of, of trends and needs and yeah. So making big impact along the way, big impact. Yeah. And we joke, I have to laugh, sorry, just as a mm-hmm. funny yeah. aside, my, my husband's an engineer. And so he looks at everything very black and white, right? It's either this or that. And I definitely play in the gray area, which I think entrepreneurs like you and others do, <laughs> yeah. right? Where there's infinite possibilities. And I think that's such an important mindset of, I mean, we need all types of people, but I just love like the opportunity to look at an issue or a challenge or an opportunity and just like, okay, surely if this isn't working, we've got to figure it out and and find another way. Mm-hmm. Well, question around that, because I run into the same thing. My, my husband is total black and white and yeah, I'm the entrepreneur in the, in the family. I'm the one riding the roller coaster. Um, how, how do you manage that? Is there like any, uh, over the years, have you developed any tools that you can share mm-hmm. for couples who are finding that they're in two different places? Cause it can, actually can be in some, in some cases challenging. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's couples. It's also teams, right? It's, it's yeah. across yeah. the board. I mean, I think it comes down to first acknowledging that, right? Cause not everybody recognizes that. And when you get to a crossroads in a conversation and you're trying to figure out why drilling into that, yeah, we have different strengths and perspectives and recognizing and kind of calling those out. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things that we do with all my, t- my teams is the strength finder, which is a really simple tool, but just identifying and, and, you know, putting forward, okay, yeah, these are my five strengths. Those are your five strengths. Okay. We need to figure out that's, that's why we're at this crossroads. And I think that's the key, right? Is try not to make it personal. Like this isn't about you is this is like, we're trying to figure out how we can move this conversation forward and come to a solution. So I don't have a full, full solution on that, but otherwise than just identifying it and not placing blame and being like, okay, I'm not going to be satisfied with those two options. (laughs) So 
we need to find a compromise and, and a different a different way. And maybe we can take part of your you know that that black part of your <laughs> your decision, and and I'm going to sprinkle in a few other things here, and then come up with something. A few shades know. of gray. A few shades of gray. That. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so if you were to go back 20 years, classic question, but I think it's actually a powerful one. If you could go back 20 years from now and see your younger self, what advice would you give yourself? Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest learning now when I look back is is what I sort of mentioned earlier is just that you can use finance and money for good. And I feel like I didn't certainly didn't waste time, but I really was taught that finance was for to make more money for some people and that didn't fit. And so I feel like I, if I had started or recognized that earlier in my career, I, I could have had a bigger impact earlier, but, but I also think things happen for a reason. And I, you know, while we all have winding paths more now than ever, as far as our careers. And I think I am in the place that I need to be now. So Mm -hmm. I don't have any, I don't have any real regrets, but I just, maybe that the world was looking ahead a bit more, right? That we have some major yeah. issues and we're in a pretty big mess right now. And if we had been able to recognize, you know, and reallocating capital and, and money in different ways that were more beneficial to more people earlier on, mm-hmm. we could be in a better position now. So isn't that true? Yeah, time can <laughs> time is powerful. You know, you mentioned earlier, you're kind of sharing your story about how you got to these different positions and transitioning from one angle of your career to another. And you had, you said a very simple statement, but I think it's really important. You said that things I picked up along the way. And for anyone listening right now who is, you know, working towards bigger things or wanting to transition to something, I, I think it's so important to recognize what you did in that opening was that as you move forward in different positions and jobs and opportunities, businesses, whatever it is, you're picking up tools. You're picking mm-hmm. up puzzle pieces that will generally come together at different times. So kind of trusting that process. Because it does seem to me that the puzzle pieces you have picked up really are, are serving you well in what you're doing right now. Has it felt like it's come together in that way? Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to look at it. Absolutely. This opportunity is not something that I was thinking of, again, for myself. And I had a couple of champions kind of tap me and say, you need to put your name forward for this. And when I looked back and and through those conversations, I'm saying, yes, you, you have this finance experience that you picked up here. You've had this leadership experience. You've had this, you know, X and Y. And, and yeah, it does feel like kind of a well, hopefully not the culmination because I hopefully have more time in my career, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but this really interesting peak. And as you said of, yeah, the different puzzle pieces coming together, you know, and I will, I would add confidence into that as well, because, you know, there are some conversations and meetings that I'm having now that every once in a while I pinch myself and go, really? Like, wow. Like I, this is amazing. Like two years ago, even I couldn't have imagined having the language you know, the context or the confidence to participate in some of the meetings. And, and I think, you know, that is a, that's a skill too, or, or a muscle that we evolve over time. And, you know, it is, I think things have happened over the last many years that, you know, you get into tricky situations, you have to navigate your way out of, and you, you gain more strength in some of those, those muscles. And I feel really honored now that, I can use those. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. the other thing looking back as, you know, and being in the position I'm in now, there's this sort of, it's, it can add a lot of pressure, but there's a, yeah, I have a little bit more 
I don't, this is maybe not the right word, but influence. So I, I feel a great responsibility to use that in the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah. And I, and I, I think, yeah, things, things happen for a reason. So I feel really, yeah, it's, it's kind of come together this and, you know, we're just starting. So there's a lot more, a lot more work to do, but I'm, I'm really excited for, for where we're going and the impact we have and the team that we're building and the people we're going to be able to support. And I hope five years from now or 10 years from now, yeah, I'll be looking back and feeling even, even better about all of this. Mm-hmm, no doubt. You mentioned great responsibility. Do you ever feel just heavy with, uh, with that responsibility? Like, or, or do you, is it not a heavy load? What's it like for you? I do feel heavy with responsibility, but I think the other thing that I've learned over the years, I used to keep that to myself. Like mm-hmm. if I had concerns or if I didn't feel comfortable or confident in something, you know, whether it was, you know, walk, preparing for a conversation or a meeting. But what I have done as a result of that is I've made sure I have amazing people around me <laughs> that mm-hmm. I can work with. I, I, you know, I have an incredible leadership team where I am now and we talk through a lot. I'm a, the other thing I, I think you have to recognize and you probably, I'm a verbal thinker, right? So that's, a, that's something I know um, uh-huh. that I always tell the people I'm with, like I'm a verbal thinker. So I'm just going to start talking now and I'm not going to, <laughs> I, mean, I may not come to a conclusion at the end, but this is mar- part of my decision-making and you're mm-hmm. along for the ride on this, right? So I'm also <laughs> quite transparent people know where I'm coming from and where I, where I'm, you know, what, what I'm thinking. And, and, and so, you know, whether that's sometimes working with a coach and I know you have such great skill around that or working with, you know, my board is amazing or friends or work colleagues, because sometimes, you know, when you are a leader within an organization, it can be a bit lonely, right? And you feel Mm -hmm. like you can't talk through certain things. So I think it is making sure, you know, who you can, confide in for different issues or challenges that you're dealing with and mm-hmm. recognizing what it is. Some people like to journal or write things down, right. As they problem solve. Some people like to talk it through like, and so making sure you know what you need to, to problem solve and, and, and utilizing that. Oh, I love that. I, I always share with every entrepreneur or person that leader that I work with that if, if I could go back that classic question 20 years I would have told myself to find community sooner mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. people who are slightly ahead of you who can mentor yeah. you that's why I love all the mentorship programs and that's why I like to be part of them so much because mm-hmm. I just man if I if I had just opened myself up to that so much earlier uh, as a mentee then that would have been it would have been so powerful so I think yes. it's really good advice for people 100% connect yeah, you don't have to do it alone you don't have to do it alone Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why make it harder than it needs to be? Come exactly. on, people. Let's make exactly. it easier. <laughs> what kind of personal habits do you have that really support your own growth mindset? Yeah. I mean, I, something that I need is nature. I feel very fortunate to live in British Columbia and close to the forest um, and close to the ocean. But I like, you know, this is a bit cliche, but the forest bathing, like that is my like that is what I need. <laughs> so I know that and I take advantage of that and make sure at least once or twice a week, I'm out in the forest, just going for a walk. Um, you know, even with a friend, but that's just, that's what I need. I don't have to do it. On, I don't always do it on my own, but, but, or just, you know, just an early morning walk or a bit of a workout or something to just clear mm-hmm. my head. 
like movement is really important to me. I'm not an athlete per se, but just having that movement because I, I, otherwise there's so many distractions and with our screens these days and phones, I just, it's just the inbound is so much that it's, I, I find it really helpful for me to have that head clearing time. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Uh, what's your favorite book? Anything on your shelf right now that you just can't put down? Oh, that's a good question. So many. Um, Oh, I feel like I'm going to have to follow up with you. I should have anticipated that question. I oh, just there's read, no pressure. No I pressure. just read a fiction book, which is really good, Lessons in Chemistry, um, which is fascinating uh, fiction about a, a woman, uh, a chemist, and some of the challenges that she had. And it's a bit heartbreaking, but uh, really good, good read. Very. Do you read more nonfiction or fiction? I... I am trying to do more audiobooks for nonfiction because I do like nonfiction, but I have a limited attention span these days. Yeah. Probably for the reasons we just talked about. <laughs> so I'll just be yeah. honest about that. But I, I am in a book club that I've been in with 12 amazing women for well, 15 years now. And uh, so cool. we read a, a fiction book, usually, usually, sometimes it's a nonfiction, but most of the time it's a fiction book once a month. So I feel like that's my homework too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Anyways, it's a good it's a good read for a broad audience. Oh, nice! I love that. All right, and do you typically have like a bunch of books kind of go on at one time, or are you a one one book person and you get through it and move on to the next? I think it says a lot about a person. I don't know what it yeah. says, but it says something. Patricia, <laughs> I think that can change because I used to be a one book person and I would yeah. stick it out no matter what to get to oh. finish it. And I think again as I get older. <laughs> If I, I'll, I'll give a book a good, good try, but if I'm not loving it or feeling like it's going somewhere by a certain point, I will let it go and I will move on to the next one. But I typically am reading one book at a time. Yeah. Oh, okay. That question just was impromptu and I don't really know <laughs> what we can say about that, but you know, it's interesting. What does that, do? what does that tell you about me? <laughs> I, could, I could not say. Uh, I love it. Okay. Well, it, you know, it's so, um, it's just awesome to have someone like yourself who you've been through a lot of different, uh, roles and experiences. And I think a lot of that is because you are courageous. You are willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to expand and grow. Um, and that, so that's very inspiring. Just your story is inspiring for those reasons. If, if you could sit down with someone, you know, who wants to make an impact, whether it's as an intrapreneur, entrepreneur in an organization, and they're just kind of getting rolling and owning that voice um, and kind of starting that journey, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that community piece, right? And and just mm. asking asking for help. You're, you're not alone. People want to help. You know, I think reaching out to some people that that you think you could learn from or could build you up and having quick phone conversation. And I find, you know, again, that direct ask, Hey, do you, would you be open? This is what I'm thinking. Would you have 15 minutes for a phone call goes a long way. And to just building that, that confidence and exercising that muscle and, and giving you a bit of a, a lift to move on to the next thing. Mm, I love that. It is so true. Community creates opportunity. It really does. Yes. 
Okay. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. One, one final question. Uh, here's one that'll put you on the spot. And you probably have quite a few of these rolling around your head, but what is the best wisdom you've ever received? Or is there a certain mantra that you live by? Maybe a tattoo you got on your, your bicep? I don't know. But what is there anything that you like continually use as a guiding post for yourself? Um, I think one thing I, is about being curious. Be be curious, and I apply that in different ways. So be curious about other people, right? And and asking questions and learning and really understanding other people. But mm-hmm. then also, as opportunities come up, you know, sometimes we're quick to judge or or close a door. But be curious to explore a bit further and see what's possible. That is very inspiring. Thank you. Well, you know what? You're a very generous human. You're generous with your energy. You're generous with your championing uh, and your time. And I've always been so grateful that you're there to ask a question to. And again, generous in so many different ways. So thank you for being generous with your time here on Passion for Impact and joining us today. Really, really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Tricia. And thank you for sharing so many people's stories through your podcast and all the incredible work that you do as well. I appreciate that. I love it. I love it. Passion for Impact is sponsored by the Inspire Store. Need a gift that inspires? Inspire Store features exclusive ethically made goods and jewelry that embodies these three words. Yes, you can. Every purchase supports Food Banks Canada. Plus, you will receive Tricia Miltimore's popular personal development Shift Up e-course. Empowerment awaits you. Shop with Impact at inspirestore.org. If you love learning how to live and lead in a caring and fulfilling way, and you find this show inspiring, please share with your friends, rate and review this podcast. Passion for Impact, it's brought to you by Rock Your Leadership. We train leaders on how to grow success, drive change and not burn out. Visit passionigniter.ca for more details. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Passion for Impact podcast. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe for episode notes, links and special offers from show guests. Cast your vote. Make your impact. One socially conscious choice at a time.